Go podcast is brought to you by The Sanctuary. For more information, please visit www.thesanctuarychurch.com. This morning, I'm going to get into what God is doing. Last week, we started with what God has done, so looking at our past. Today, uh, I want to get into what God is doing, what's happening right now all around us. And part of what's happening around us is the fires. I'm telling you, you you look at the fires and all that's going on. We have first responders in our congregation who are working those fires, and I've been praying all weekend. Uh, My father was... uh, taken out of his house. He had to get out of his house because he lives in Camarillo Springs. And uh, how many of you know Mike Stevenson, Mike and Wendy Stevenson? Mike Stevenson, his aunt, her house burned down here in Southern California, and Wendy Stevenson's aunt, her house burned down in Northern California over this weekend. Can you imagine? One person has an aunt on either side. It's crazy. I was like, whoa. Uh, But I've been praying all weekend, and it doesn't take long to look around and go, this world's crazy. You look at the headlines, you, you look around, you watch news, and you say, man, this is not going well. But I want you to know something. In the midst of all the crazy, something good is going on. And, and, it's, and it's really good. If we would stop and really look, we would see that God is up to something. But you've got to have eyes to see. Because it's happening all around us without fanfare. It's not headline news. It never makes, you know, it, does, it doesn't make the broadcast news. It, it's just kind of, it's happening. Because, see, in broadcast news and in newspapers, it's the bad news that sells. So if that's where we're looking all the time, all we're going to think is, man, the world's going to pot. Man, this is happening, that's bad's happening, this bad's happening, this is terrible, oh, this is all terrible. Everything's terrible. But if, if we have eyes to see, and this is what I want to encourage you today, if we have eyes to see, there's something amazing happening if we just stop long enough to look. I want to share a few of those things this morning that are happening in and through this congregation. Last week, that's what I was talking about, the history of our congregation. And when I talk about that, I want you to know it's not just in our gathering, but in the church of Santa Clarita. And God is partnering with his people to get things done. And I want you to hear this. He's partnering with his people to get things done. See, Ephesians 4 says that he gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers as a gift. I'm a gift to you. You're welcome. Okay? (laughs) He gave these as a gift to, listen to this, to the body of Christ, watch this, for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. See, so I want you to hear this. I'm the pastor, you're the ministers. You understand that? Listen, I'm, I'm, I want to equip you for the work of the ministry. I have my own ministry too. I, I have a ministry at the grocery store, and if I go out to eat or in the community, I have, I have a ministry too. But see, the reason that I'm up here is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. God's using you. And in this community, it's happening all over the place. The thing is, is the stuff that we're doing, by God's design, is to be done on his behalf. I'm doing this for him. In Colossians 3, 22 and 23, it says this. Slaves, now you know I'm talking to you, right? Because we are all slaves. Whether you believe it or not, watch, you, you'll, you'll get it here real quickly. Obey your earthly masters in everything you do. We all have a master. 
Some people own their own businesses. You're still a ma- you're, you still have a master because you, you have to drum up the business. You've got to do what the customer is asking you to do. We all have masters. Try and do everything that you do. Listen to this. Try to please them all the time, not just when they're watching you. Now you know it's talking about your boss, right? Serve them sincerely because of your reverent fear of the Lord. Here it comes. He brings a big finish. Work willingly at whatever you do. Bring diligence to what you're doing as though, here it comes, you were working for the government. No, no, I'm sorry. That's not true. Work willingly as though you're working for... No, the labor union. You know, listen, we're doing work on behalf of the union. You when union's working for us, we're working for the, on behalf of the Lord. I'm doing whatever I'm doing. It's because he's asked me to do it. So whatever it is, whatever it is, whatever you do, as though you're doing it for the Lord. And sometimes we get caught up. I'm not doing this. Boss asks us to do this. I'm not going to do that. Would you say that if your boss was the Lord? Think about the word Lord, the boss. That's what that means. And even though we are, and this is part of your notes, even though we're doing it for God, we need to understand how it all works to point others to God. That's the first of your notes. Our good works may be for God, but all the good works point others to God. In his greatest sermon, Jesus is preaching on a hillside and he gives this incredible insight through a beautiful symbolism of salt and light. Would you open your Bibles to Matthew chapter five? Come with me, grab, grab a New Testament out of the chair back, you can see it. It's the first book, it's so easy to find if you're using that one, right? It's the first one, just right there. Matthew chapter five, he's preaching this amazing sermon. There are, there are times I thought, you know what I'm gonna do one of these Sundays? I'm just gonna, we're gonna come to church and I'm just gonna read chapter five, six, and seven and then close the, and just sit down. Is an amazing sermon. But he preaches his sermon, and in verse 13, look what he says. He, he realigns us here. He says in verse 13, you are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it's lost its flavor? Can, it, can you make it salty again? It's going to be thrown out and trampled underfoot on the east coast all over the roads to make sure the ice goes away, right? right? Then he says this, verse 14. You... Not only are you the salt of the, of the earth, you are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that can't be hidden, no one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, the lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. See, Jesus is realigning what we're here for. Salt of the earth, light of the world. And the mutuality in this metaphor is that both of these elements, both of them, influence the environment around them. Salt and light. Something happens with their presence, and it, is, it's, it has a lasting effect. There's something beautiful that's happening. And, and if you want to see the result of that, check out verse 16. In the same way, as the salt and the light, here it comes, ready? In the same way, let your good deeds shine. Let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone, here's the result, will praise your heavenly Father. Sometimes I have a feeling when I read the news, when I look at what's happening and all these people denying that there's a God, I wonder if it's my responsibility to do something about that, according to this verse. That if I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, then people 
will praise the Father. There is no God. I don't think Christians are doing what we're supposed to be doing because if we were, this would be happening. And that's kind of what, what I want to talk about this morning. God is on the move in our world, and he's making himself known through the actions of Christians like you and me. Did you know, Real Life Church, I was just talking to Pastor Rusty last week, and I was talking to him. Real Life Church was recently named the best place to volunteer in Santa Clarita. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? It, it, but at the same time, it's kind of odd. Not the senior center, not the homeless shelter, a church where they just so happen to be working at the senior center and the homeless shelter. The best place to volunteer in Santa Clarita 2018, a church. I go, huh. There's a lot of things I can't get into, but I, I think there's reasons for that, being a part of something bigger than yourself. Being, you know, it, there's some momentum that takes place, but it's beautiful. And as we continue, as you and I continue to be a community in the community, we've got to make conscious decisions every day to be for Santa Clarita. Because I'm asking, what could love do? What could love do? See, our community, the world around us, oh, I know what the church is against. They hate this and they hate that. And you see it, pardon me, uh, let me be vulgar here, on the broadcast news, right? God hates fags. And we go, oh, that's the church. And the world's fully aware, oh, the church is against this and against that and against this. What if we showed them what we're for? What if we showed them what we're for? We are for Santa Clarita. We're for our local city government. We're for our first responders. Again, I've been praying for first responders all week long. So have you, haven't you? As we watch this go down, we're like, oh, man. Last week, I started laying a foundation of more by looking at the past. This is where we've been, where our history. It tells us a lot about who we are. We, we tell it like this, oh, when I was a kid, I had this, this, this. That's why I do this today. You ever do that? Talking about our past is essentially giving reason for our present. That's what I want to do this morning. I want to look at our present, where we are, our circumstances, what we're doing right now, where we're investing our time, our money, and our heart. Where are we investing all of that? I read a book several years ago. I'm reading it again for the like, fourth time by a guy named Stephen Covey. He wrote an amazing book called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. If you read that before, read it again. If you've read it, if you've not read it, maybe you should read it. It's a terrific book. But he said this in Seven Habits. Listen to this. You have to decide what your highest priorities are and have the courage, ready, pleasantly, smilingly, and unapologetically, without apology, here it comes, to say no to other things. And the only way you can do that is by having a bigger yes burning inside. I know what I'm about, so I don't do that. Hey, can you help us with that? I, I would like to, but that's not what I'm about. Hey, can, can you do this? I could, but I'm not going to because I have a bigger yes. Yeah, some of you want to get out your cameras and go, I need to remember that. That's why I told you you need to read this book. It's an amazing book. But I have a burning yes inside of me, and it helps me to say no to things. The problem is, often when I say no... I'm apologizing, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, because there's all this guilt, right? Pack your bags, you're going on a guilt trip, right? <laughs> you're not gonna help us? I helped you when you moved, right? It's like, yeah, that's not what I'm supposed to be doing. And, and so we spend all this emotional energy on the stuff that we're supposed to be devoting to the bigger yes. 
But we're so busy going, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, oh, I can't really, oh, gosh, gosh, gosh. And we all know what we're not supposed to be doing. We do. We know what we're not supposed to be doing. And so often, those things we're not supposed to be doing are aligned to bad things. Don't do this, don't do that, right? But did you know even good things can be things we're not supposed to be doing? Even good things. In fact, it's in your notes. The enemy of the best is often the good. I'm telling you, there are times I'm like, man, that's a good thing, and that's a good thing. That is so hard to decide between two good things. What's really hard is to decide between two great things. This is a great opportunity. This is a great, which one should I do? Those decisions become incredibly easy when you have a burning yes inside of you, and you know exactly who you are. You go, these are both great, but I know what I'm supposed to be doing. Now, wouldn't it be great if we knew the difference between our circle of influence and our circle of concern. We're concerned about a lot of things that we have no influence over. See, we gotta work in our circle of influence. But we're so busy, most of the time, working in our circle of concern. Oh, this, and what about that, and and all all this time and energy put into our circle of concern. What if we just worked on our circle of influence? I can change this. There's nothing I can do about that. What if we knew the difference between those two? Well, guess what? You got it, right? Jesus gave us some insight on our priorities. In Matthew chapter 6, just flip the page. Whoop, I'm still there, right? Matthew chapter 6. Look at this in verses 31 through 34. Watch this. He says this. He's talking about life and money and possessions. Jesus, same sermon. I'm telling you, this is a good sermon. If you haven't read this sermon lately, read it too. There's good stuff here, right? There's five, six, seven. You just want to read three chapters. You got that in you. Here's what he says. Don't worry about these things. What things? These things, ready? What are we going to eat? Wait, that's the thing that I worry about most, right? What are we going to wear? Where are we going to live? What are we going to do? Watch this. These things, watch how he describes this. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Verse 33, get ready. Seek the kingdom of God. Here's the priority, above all else. And live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So, here it is, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. See, the thing we're stressed out about is not happening today. The thing we're stressed out about is happening tomorrow. Next week, oh, but what if, oh gosh, what happens with... No, he says, you know, stay here, man. This is where it's at. You got enough troubles for today. But we're, we're, we're in debt to tomorrow. We're borrowing all the worry from tomorrow, next week, next month, next year. He says, let's not do that. See, you and I have been given a place in this world that we're supposed to be influencing, bringing salt and bringing light. The problem is sometimes we can get, we can do too much of that. And you know what, that's called being salty, right? That, that's no good. Right? I mean, you ever taste something that's just salt? It's whoa, whoa, too salty. Take a teaspoon of salt and just put that in your mouth sometime. You just go, Ugh. I talk to Christians and I'm like, Ugh. too salty. Hey, listen to this. You can also, you can shine too brightly. You know what people do when you shine too brightly? They close their eyes and they don't look at you anymore. Oh, I've talked to those Christians too. Thank you very much. Okay, great. Bless you too. Golly. 
Wow. He says, you're supposed to influence. You're supposed to be the light of the world. You're supposed to be the salt of the earth. Bring flavor. Don't blind people. And I think what's happening is we get stuck in that place. Well, I don't know how to bring salt. I don't know how to bring... Well, keep the kingdom of God above all else. It's right here. The, one, the way that you do that is... I did a series earlier in the year called uh, the... Uh, Work is worship. It was the beginning of the year. You guys remember that? Work is worship. And I talked about this thing called the economics of mutuality. I want to review those with you this morning. I, I did this at the beginning of the year. And in it, I talked about the economics of mutuality. And I said that the economics of mutuality look beyond the profit. See, most of us are looking at the profits. What's the bottom line? What's in it for me? What do I, what do I get out of it? What's for me? The economics of mutuality asks about the people that we're serving. Are we really concerned for their well-being, for their health, for their future prosperity? Are we going, well, what am I going to get out of this? You know, I, I'm not into that deal because that that's, that's a win for them and a lose for me. And I'm not gonna... The third part of the economics of mutuality is that it requires us to take care of our planet. We, sometimes we're going to need to intervene, actually. So we participate in the river rally that cleans up the river, and we take care of things. Listen, because this is what the Bible tells us to do. The Bible lays this out to us. It says, listen, you've got to look beyond the prophet. Well, what's in it for me? You've got to be concerned about other people. You've got to care for your surroundings. And so I reviewed these things because as Christians... We're called beyond the consumer mentality that is so encouraged in our culture. It's all about you. You are number one. Guess what? That's, that's not what the Bible teaches. That we're to live for other people. Some of the things that are happening right now are happening through you. And I, I bet you don't even know it. And so what I wanted to do this morning is I wanted to share a few of the things that are happening through you. Marina, you're here? Marina, come on up here. Yeah, welcome, Marina. So Marina has, she, she's a teacher at Mitchell, right? She's a teacher at Mitchell School. What grade do you teach? Third grade. So Marina did a thing called, ready? Yeah, Socktober. 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 Tell me about Socktober. So Socktober is something we learned about in my class, we're working on kindness. And we learned about Socktober, which is- I want these. <laughs> which is an event that is throughout the month of October where you collect socks uh, to bring, <laughs> to bring, um, what I say last time? I forgot. <laughs> what, it was awesome. <laughs> about warming the heart. Oh yeah. This was you amazing. Bring, you <laughs> it was so good. It's okay. She's nervous. It's okay. She's like, please don't make me go up there, Pastor Marty. I said, but you got to. I begged him and it didn't work. She did beg and I was like, no. Okay, so you collect socks in the month of October to bring warmth, warm hearts and feet to people in need um, during the winter months. Third graders. Now listen, I don't know about you, but my first response is, how old are third graders? Seven and eight. Seven and eight, what good is a seven and eight year old? I mean, no, 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 wait, I'm, 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 what, what impact can a seven year old have in the world? 
I go, that's thinking. Well, my kids were super excited to do it. They were so excited. And, and it, so seven and eight year olds, y'all bring in socks. Well, moms and dads, I'll get your socks, babe. Okay. <laughs> but, but here, I want you to see something. With eyes to see, seven year olds can make an impact. They can influence, circle of influence. Here's a teacher who said, I got third graders who can change the world. One box of socks, said the fox on rocks. <laughs> At a time, thank you, Maria. Thank you so much. Thank you. Come on up here. I got more. I got more. Come on up. This, Karen Esparza blew me away. Her and her husband, Ralph, uh, you, you know, we just, got, we just did light night, right? Lighted stops, right? And she's wearing her four shirt. How many of you have your four shirts on, right? Four shirts. We're wearing four shirts. Listen, God is doing something in our congregation, right? So we had, we had light night just recently, right? And so you couldn't do light night, right? Couldn't do light night. Why couldn't you guys do light night? Because we live in Friendly Valley. There's no, <laughs> there's no trick-or-treaters there. No trick-or-treaters in Friendly Valley. Friendly Valley is the retirement community just over the <laughs> fence, okay? So we got all these senior citizens over here. But watch this. No trick-or-treaters in Friendly Valley. So what'd you guys do? Uh, so we got, we improvised. And we did trick-or-treat in reverse. So my husband and I made, made bags of candy and we went to every door in our HOA and we knocked on the door and we passed out candy and blessed, had told them to have a blessed day. <laughs> Listen, what 80-year-old doesn't like candy, okay? <laughs> Because they're like, it don't matter anymore. I'm going to eat it all, right? <laughs> no, she's going door to door. All right, trick or treat. <laughs> what? And that's exactly what they look like. What? <laughs> but, but I want you to see something. Karen and Ralph had every, listen to this, had every right to say, he's preaching that sermon. That's not for us. This whole light night thing, that's for those other people. I live in an apartment complex. We can't do light night. She could have written it off. Her and Ralph could have said, that's not for us, this whole thing, you know, being a light in the community. Listen, how are we supposed to be neighborly? We don't have people who go trick-or-treating in our neighborhood. Ears to hear. The Lord said, why don't you put candy in bags and go door to door and trick-or-treating in reverse? I'm telling you, I saw it. I was like, wow. Thank you, Karen. <laughs> wow. So many different things. Pastor Brandon is a part of something. I want you to watch a video. Pastor Brandon has been down at Park Sierra, otherwise known as Jake's Way. <laughs> and you don't go to Jake's Way if you, if you value your life because it has a reputation, blah, blah. No, you know what? No, 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 no. I want you to watch this video. This is Pastor Brandon. He's obviously got things to do right now, so he made me a video. Hey church, I get a few minutes today to just share with you about the ministry that we do over in Park Sierra, apartment complex off of Jake's Way. About five years ago, God put it in the heart of two guys from Heart of the Canyons Church to go start this Bible study and outreach with kids and teens over in Park Sierra. And about a year after that, God had started stirring this up in my heart as well. I'd reflected back on growing up in Santa Creta, where I kept hearing over and over, right? That's Jake's way. We don't, we don't go there. 
or I read newspaper article after newspaper article of the violence that takes place in that community. At one point, I had even heard that Park Sierra and Jake's Way area was outside of our city's boundaries so that we didn't have to include them in our yeah. crime statistics. Yeah. And so God put it in my heart that that's not Jesus-like at all to keep anybody at arm's distance. And so I started showing up in that community and just practically volunteering at a homework help program that the city runs. And then over time, I got connected with the Bible study that was taking place over there. And now I help Homework lead help. that Bible study with a few other volunteers. Homework and we help. have 30 to 40 kids every week that come to hear the good news of Jesus in that community. And many of those kids would not know the gospel message apart from that Bible study. Many right. of those kids would never walk inside a church apart from that Bible study. In fact, today when I was over there, one of the kids left in a hurry saying, Oh no, my mom's coming home and she doesn't know that I'm here. Homework help. Because when I was little, I, my family stopped going to church and when, when I came here, it just felt like church came back to home. <laughs> That's cool. So your parents won't take you to church, yeah. but you get to be a part of church by coming yeah, here? Yeah, my mom can't take us. Hello, uh, my name is Bill. I'm here at Jake's Way with uh, some kids here and uh, Pastor Brandon here uh, just helping out, trying to uh, make a difference in these kids' lives. I come to the Bible study because like they tell us about God and they like provide like a bunch of stuff. And it's like really fun because all my friends come too. And it's, like, really fun. What is your favorite thing you've learned at the Bible study? Um, how God accepts us like for anything, like even if we sin, but we do have to for, like ask for forgiveness. And what was the craziest moment at the Bible study? When we push you into the pool. kids out here that don't get to come to church and I want them to see what we are all about as Christians and what God is all about and hopefully, hopefully they can see that through through us despite our imperfections, you know, just through the love and what we want to try to share here. You know what happened today? Everything went wrong. But you know what? God is in control. I still got here, my printer jammed, I couldn't get what I needed to print. I lost the prints that I printed last week for tonight. But you know what, God's still in control. The kids are still here and the gospel is still preached. Hey church, come join us every Wednesday in Park Sierra. We'd love to have you volunteer um, and help, help us reach our community for Jesus. These kids are awesome and they'd love to have you come hang out with us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Please, I need more friends. Please, I need more friends. We need more friends. No, here's, here's beauty. We could write that off and go, well, that's for young people, but what, Bill. 
We do that. I'm just here. I'm working, trying to work with kids. Homework help. I can help elementary school kids do their homework. There was a need. Pastor Brandon saw it and said, we could fill that. That's all, that's, this, this is what it takes. It's just having eyes to see. Vicki, come on up. Vicki McCoy. Vicki McCoy works for Zoe. Vicki McCoy works for Zoe. But I love talking with Vic because she's always got really cool stories. Okay, so a couple weeks ago, she was telling me this story. So I was telling Pastor Marty that uh, a month ago, I was speaking at a church in Ventura, and for convenience sake, I spent the night in a hotel close by. And when I was leaving and checking out, I noticed somebody walking by, a young lady, and the Holy Spirit um, prompted me. She looked like she was a trafficking victim. And so I said, okay, Holy Spirit, I see her, but more importantly, Father God, you see her. And I know you have plans and purposes for her. How do you want to use me to accommodate those plans and purposes? So I checked out and was looking at things, and the story's very long. If you want to hear about it, I'd love to tell you. Um, you, but, want, you want to ask her, tell me the whole story, because <laughs> I don't have time. It was anyway, just good so stuff. So anyways, in, in, this, in this time, one thing was, as I said, you know, where, where did you come from? Like, where are your parents? Like, do they know that you're okay? For the love yeah. of God and all that's holy, would you please call your mother? And so she said, oh, maybe later. And I said, okay. So um, we spent some time together, and then she did call her mom. On your phone? On my phone. On my phone, because her phone wasn't working. And so I, um, she called. It went to voicemail. So then she tried her dad. The number was disconnected. That was alarming to her. But then she called her mom back and left a voicemail. And towards the end, um, she was saying, there was this nice man last night from Foursquare that prayed for me. And bought me pizza, and then this lady that goes to his church, because she goes to Foursquare too, um, she bought me breakfast this morning, and she's so nice, but mommy, I miss you, and started to cry. And how old is she? Um, it was I didn't know at this point, but she ended up being 23. Okay, mommy, I miss you. Go yes. Ahead. Good. So through our little bit of conversation, I only had a little bit of time, I had to get to the church to speak, right? <laughs> and I was supposed to be there a half an hour early. I always give myself some margin and time. And so I invited her to church. And at first she was like, oh, I can't go to church. My dress is too short. I don't look right. All the... I said, oh, just come as you are, come, but up to you. And so a little bit of time, but she decided to come to church with me. So she came to church with me where I'm speaking and the people were very gracious and kind and accepting her. And um, we, we spent the morning together. But at this church, they take communion every Sunday, and they take it as a family. And I was feeling the Holy Spirit tell me that she knew who Jesus was and that she had received Jesus before. And so I just leaned over to her, and I said, would you like to go take communion together? She said, oh, no, I need to spend some time talking to Jesus. It's been a long time. And I probably should get baptized again. And I said, the, the communion is for us to go to because Jesus paid it all, and we could just come as we are. And she said, no, and I put my arm around her, and she just started to weep. She started to sob, and then, of course, I started to cry. And she stuck her neck right in my, her right head, here, right. her head right in my neck yeah. here, and just cried for about four minutes. 
And I held her and just prayed for her. And um, then she goes, I'm going to go to the restroom and freshen up. I said, okay. So then we just spent some time together. Two but later. two weeks later, yeah, yeah. I get a phone call. I'm at the office. I get a phone call. And it's like, my, my son called me. My son called me from your phone. And I said, uh, I've had my phone. I don't know. This is two weeks ago. I've moved on. And I'm almost 56. I don't remember what happened <laughs> two weeks ago. So I'm moving along. And she goes, no, my son, he dresses as a woman. And I said, oh, my gosh. I, I did meet your son. And, and I thought possibly that she was a transgender female, but I wasn't sure. And the mom was just like, what, was he okay? She okay. Was, was, was he okay? Yeah. And have you seen him again? And I said, I just want you to know, keep on praying. I felt your prayers and made him call you. God wanted you to know that your son is okay and he's going to come back. Yeah. And so then the part about, tell him about, keep my phone number. Oh, yeah. I said to her, I said, and I was crying with her on the phone, of course, and praying. And I said, is it okay if I keep your number? If you'd like to keep my number and you just get discouraged or you're just wondering, I would love to pray with you about your son. And if I see him again, I'll call you. Now, listen, eyes to see, ears to hear. You and I see someone like that coming out of a hotel, walking on the street going, clearly a prostitute. You go, <laughs> You and I see a homeless person. We go, <laughs> You know what the difference is? Vicky just has eyes to see, ears to hear. Go talk to that person. Go buy that person breakfast. Let them call, tell them to call home. Here, you can use my phone, call home. So that two weeks later, it's still coming through. You talk to my son, oh my gosh, I'll pray with you now. Because she has eyes to see and ears to hear. See, you, you ever do this? I've done this, right? You, you, I put on a pair of pants and I'm like, get me and put the pockets down. You go, oh, 20 bucks. What? I didn't know 20 bucks was in my pocket. You ever do that? <laughs> Did you ever think, and then later in the day, you see that homeless person, you go, whoa. Rather than, is that why I have 20 bucks in my pocket? Did, did, but we never stop to listen. We just simply go, not my business, and I got $20. Maybe those two things are connected. Thank you, Vicki, for listening, watching. <laughs> Lastly, I want to share with you about something that's been going on in our valley, something we've been participating with. April Rigo started uh, a program. It's already started. She started working with the program up at Golden Valley. You guys know what we're doing up at Golden Valley with uh, the Pause Center. So, Mr. Frias, come on up here. Here's the principal of Golden Valley. Mr. Frias is the principal of Golden Valley, and, uh, and I was like, man, we got, I just, I, I want you catch their perspective of what's happening. We see one thing, but what do they see? How did, how did it all happen? Tell us about Pause Center. Our, our Pause Center was created because we know we have a diverse population on our campus, um, and the last thing we want is our kids to come to school with stress and, and issues that take their minds off of learning. And uh, we also have parents that have stresses that their kids would wear when they came to school. So how, how do you learn if you're Mind is preoccupied, right? right? It could be poverty. It could be, uh, it could be tragedy. It could be stress from high academic requests. It could be for many reasons. But we want to provide 
some extra support that our counselors, they're outstanding, but they can't get to everybody. So we need some more help for our, our students and our parents in our community. So we created the Pause Center and April Rigo, since she came on board last year, and many of you have been volunteering yeah. to support staff, make donations to our, our parent center. You guys have been We got a box of socks. This is going awesome. too. This is going to the Pause Center box. Except those, those I'm keeping. Sorry, leave those. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway with thanks really the sanctuary you guys are partners with our pause center and uh so from the bottom of my heart thank you for everything you guys are doing to give back to our wow. local community and our, wow. and our parents i want you to watch this video this is what happened just recently our pause is an acronym for parent awareness workshop and support system we knew uh, once the school opened that we had a, a new population that was a little different uh, than other schools in our district. But we have students uh, and families that have unique circumstances and uh, the vision of we want kids to come to school ready to learn. And so the things that might get in the way of wanting to come to school or possibly right. even impact learning, we wanted to provide those, those supports. Well, I think our goal here at the Paw Center is to first listen and then to understand to what the needs and are and then provide any resources that we can find. And we have all kinds of community resources that are available. We also have tangible resources, which is clothing, shoes, food, toiletries, school supplies. Did you hear it? Understand, then help. So, so here's what's going on, right? And I want you to hear, as, as Sal said, he said, here's these kids with these concerns. Can you, I mean, listen, homelessness. And they're showing up to school, having to do schoolwork, but they gotta worry about where they're gonna be sleeping tonight and whether they're gonna be warm because they don't have a home. Th meeting that need, he just, well, how do we meet that need? And we, we'll help you meet that need. Then tell us about the football team. I wanna hear about this one. We had a, a football a program. pilot program called the Iron Man Project, partnering with the Iron NFL Man. alumni. Um, program and uh, uh, Save the Children. We, we have two former players who came and spent time with the football program. They, they spent uh, football practices and then they went to the video recording and recorded 10 words of the, of the week to be played during the season. Every Wednesday afternoon, the football coach would have the entire program in the theater. We would review this word, a video of them speaking to the word like character, commitment, perseverance, things that are important and relevant. I think I was on perseverance was the day I was there. So we watched this video. Coach Kelly would, would talk about how relevant Amazing. it was to today to them as students and how it will be for their future. Yeah. And then afterwards I would close. And again, it's, it's trying to make today pertinent through real, real, real characteristics that we all need and go through in life. And, but we wanted them to understand it right now and be active community members. So they also give back. They're going to work at a food shelter in, in a couple of weeks and, but become part of their community in an active manner. Uh, and again, but the sanctuary is a partner in this regard too, because after this video and, and, and meeting, the sanctuary fed 120 people and coaches lunch afterwards. And many of you are volunteering for you. that too. You fed the football program at Golden Valley. That's part of where our resources are going. Feed the football program at Golden Valley. We're doing it. And then some of you, I, I, some of you will, uh, let me show you this video. This is a quick one minute. Watch this. There they are. And man, can these guys eat.
again, creating these students, go back to that again, wanting these students to be not just students, but then you said something else about active members of their community. They, 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 we want our students to learn how to participate and be, they have a role and a place in our community and it's easy to be in their uniform, getting accolades and being applauded, but we want them to give back and, and be participants in a positive way in our community. Thank you, Mr. Frias. Thank you very much. Thank you. I, want, I wanted you to hear because all this stuff is happening. It's, and it's beyond the steady goodness of giving our time, tithe, and talent here. It's beyond volunteering in, in champs or being in hospitality or handing out bulletins or in the parking lot or all that stuff. It's beyond the week-to-week that's happening here. And it's because there's, there's a kingdom mindset. You have chosen. You said, I want to I bring the kingdom. And this is the last part of your notes. The kingdom mindset is about stewardship. It's about stewardship. And that's about managing the resources that have been given to us. They've been given from the owner. If I think of stewardship, I think of investment. So, so what does it mean to invest? What does it mean to invest? I could get into a, a lot of, you know, there's so much in the Bible about our investment and being stewards, and there's even a couple parables Jesus tells. But you know what? I'll, I'll sum it up in one sentence from Paul. Ephesians 5.16 says this. Look at this. This is just very simple, straightforward. He says, you have to move beyond Right, moving beyond the evil days. And here's what he says. Make the most of every opportunity. If you have eyes to hear, if you have eyes to see, ears to hear. Make the most of every opportunity. I have an opportunity. There's an opportunity in front of me. I could do this. Awesome. Go do it. Because we could see the craziness. It's easy to see the crazy, right? But what about the opportunities? Make the most. This is what it means to be a steward. God gives us resources. Now, what are we going to do with those resources? We're working diligently, planning for our future. Saying, okay, yeah, I, I save. I'm putting toward retirement. All that stuff, right? I'm doing all that. But, but what's the opportunity before me? Is God calling me to do anything with that homeless person? I just got a bonus at work. Totally unexpected. I, I didn't, it's so unexpected, I don't even have plans for what, I mean, we all have lists, Right? But it's like, wow, is there a reason I got this? See, no one would even think of asking this question. Is there a reason I got this right now? Why did I get this? You know, cousin so-and-so was telling me about how she needed new tires and didn't have the money. Maybe I'm supposed to buy tires for cousin so-and-so. Next week is Tithe Sunday. I've, we've been talking about this. We talked about it last week. We, in fact, this last week, I believe, uh, many of you should have gotten this letter. How many of you guys got that letter in the mail, right? You got this letter in the mail? If you didn't get this letter in the mail, ushers have these. It's in regards to what we're doing next week, but it's called Tithe Sunday. And essentially, I want you to be very clear on this. It's an invitation, not an obligation. It's for those who are, who are here, who regularly fellowship here. This is what we do. We do this once a year, but it's, it's saying, hey, we believe, Lord, financially, this is the way the kingdom moves forward. It's, it's pushed forward. It's not for my Bentley. I pay for my Bentley on my own. No, I'm kidding. I don't have a Bentley. Um, but but, but, I, but I, want, I want you to hear this. The kingdom is before us, but if we have, if we have eyes to see, if we have ears to hear, there's opportunities. We just have to take the opportunity. Rather than missing it, like, oh, I can't be bothered with that. That's an interruption for my day. And I think, 
and I believe, and I'll be talking about it next week, God is calling us to the ministry of interruption. God is calling us to the ministry of disruption. I'll talk about it next week. I, ho- I hope you'll be here. But, uh, so that, that letter is there. Also, I've put this out because this conversation, I can't keep having the same conversation all the time. So here's what I did. I put out something very simple. This is in the lobby. It's out there for you. It's free. It's called, it's called the giving reader. And, and essentially it says, here, here's what the Bible has to say about finances. And so I, I simply just went, it says this, and it says this, and it says this, and it says this, and it says this. Old and New Testament, here's what the Bible has to say about money and our, and our stewardship of it that we should be saving, that we should be spending accordingly, we should be living within our means, et cetera, et cetera, all those things. But this is out there. If you're interested in reading on that, I want to encourage you to pick that up. Next week, we're going to have Tithe Sunday. Because, and, and here's the beauty. It's going to be Tithe Sunday, and we're so thankful for what God is doing. But then we have Thanksgiving. And then the week after, we're having just a praise fest. We're just going to thank God for what he's doing in and through our congregation. We've seen the past. Today we're looking at the present. Next week I want to talk to you about what I believe God wants to do. The direction God is taking us. Based on, well, if we've been there and we're here, what's the next step, natural step for us? Let me pray. Father, I thank you for time to be together today. I thank you that we get to hang out. We get to hear the great things that are happening. It's happening right in front of us. I I didn't know that was going on. Lord, in fact, I, I, I want to thank you for... Mr. Frias up at Golden Valley. Sal, can I pray for you? Can we pray for you, man? Father, I thank you for this, this man who's dedicated his life. He's got his education so he'd bring other people education. And the young people that are at Golden Valley, I want to thank you for this man who has vision to take care of students in different ways. It wasn't just, well, this is the way it's always been done. He, he decided at some point, here it is, yesterday's tools won't work on tomorrow's students. And so he said, how can we approach this differently? Whether it was through Iron Man, through the Pause Center, I want to thank you for Mr. Frias, Golden Valley, what's happening up there. And I pray you'd give him, continue to give him wisdom, give him discernment, give him insight to know what the problem is, and then intuition and how to solve it. I thank you for Mr. Frias and what's happening at Golden Valley. And then, Father, as we sing these songs to you, it is with thanksgiving. We, we are so excited about the things that you have done, are doing, and want to do in and through us. In Jesus' name, let it be so. Let it be done.